Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. Hey, and I am still pretty positive Chuck Bockler. Only way to be, buddy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and in case you didn't know, we are Locked on Clippers, part of the Locked on NBA Network. A couple of best friends, Clipper Credential Media folks, who mm -hmm. bring you Clippers stuff. Every time the Clippers lose in a terrible fashion with the Spurs? Technically true. If it happens Monday through Friday, we bring you the Clippers news five days a week, seven in the morning. If something crazy happens on the weekend, we'll cover that too. Uh, yeah, make us your first listen, and let's look at a pretty rough loss to the Spurs. Yeah, definitely. We're going to talk about what we liked from that one, which is mostly just Paul George being back, which is yes. a reason to celebrate. <laughs> that is the silver lining for sure. Uh, and we'll also talk about what we didn't like, uh, which there's Basically, a lot more. There's, yeah. there's considerably more to talk about there. And then it's Twitter Tuesday. Uh, every single Monday, we ask for your questions on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clips. Got some great stuff in there. Uh, talking trades, talking Luke Kennard stuff, all sorts of incredible questions. Thank you so much to everybody who sent those in. And then in shavings, which is just kind of where we wrap up everything else, we're going to talk a little bit about this Clippers losing streak that we find ourselves in, sort of What's the light at the end of the tunnel? How, how are we going to right this ship? Uh, as well as Paul George cutting his braids. Will this help the Clippers? <laughs> uh, all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so the Clippers dropped one in quasi-embarrassing fashion, 116.92 to the Spurs. We got to let you know this episode is brought to you by Truebill, which is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals for the ones you want to keep. No Isaiah Hartenstein in this game. Um, the Clippers had just 11 rostered guys for this game, one of them being Hartenstein, so only 10 playable guys. Everyone who's available got minutes. And it kind of hurt to not have Amir Coffee there tonight. Yeah, well, we'll kind of get uh, talk about this more and what we didn't like. But there's two guys on this roster uh, that I think could have helped with some of the problems that that we have. And I don't know that it would have like resulted in a win, but it would have at least been more pleasurable basketball to watch. Yes. So what did we like okay. from this one? Paul George returned. Yes. And I mean, all things considered, he looked great. 25 points, six boards, six assists, three steals, three of nine from outside. I mean, he makes one more of those. We're talking a lot differently about the efficiency, which was still pretty good. Yeah, for sure. The four turnovers hurts. Yes. But it's, but, you know, first hey, game back. If, and if you're not expecting four turnovers from Paul George at this point, I don't really, you haven't been watching Paul George. Um, Ty was worried about his conditioning, which is why he had him late in, um, in the fourth in a blowout. That was kind of something... The Ty talked about pregame too is his conditioning was going to be the biggest thing. But man, it was one of the things that we saw. We saw Paul George, when it was going well, getting deep paint touches and kicking it out to guys who can shoot, which is such a big thing that's missed when he's not on the court and getting that attention. Um, I don't know. What did you like about it, his game tonight? Just seeing him like be able to look like he didn't really miss a step, yeah, uh, I, th I think was great. Uh, his passing, like the six assists, he he had some really nice, uh, nice assists that we kind of, I don't know, I missed some of that kind of playmaking. Great behind um, the back pass to Zoo for a dunk, yeah, um, which was definitely. awesome to he's, see. He's just like a three level scorer at like such an elite level um, that has also. I think increased as a facilitator every year that he's been with this team. Mm -hmm. um, so hopefully that can be a piece in like getting this offense on the right Oof. track. Yes. Um, Serge played in this game. 
Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, which we talked a little bit about yeah. in the game preview with no heart. I mean, you have to play literally. Um, not really sure what to have expected. He didn't look super creaky, which is good. Just one of six from the floor, which was bad. But he grabbed eight rebounds. And if you didn't hear anything about this game on Monday night, you need to know the Clippers got, pardon my French, the shit kicked out of them on the boards, which we'll yes. get into in just a few minutes. Um, but we got good Zubats on this one, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, he had a double-double, you know, added three blocks. I mean, he was bringing the effort, you know. You can't question. I feel like Avita Zubats is not a guy whose effort you can generally question on a night-to-night basis. Absolutely. Um, he was the only guy the Spurs seemed kind of uncomfortable around on yeah. the defensive end. The Spurs did not have any resistance tonight. Ty Lue talked about how it was like a layup line or a layup drill for them in this one. And it was. He's not wrong. Um, Reggie... Uh, did not play well, but he got some much needed rest. Yeah, he he only played 20 minutes in this one. Um, you know, he he's been looking like he's been just kind of accumulating knocks. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the ground again the at one point. Games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just like he was getting hunted defensively. Um Oh yeah, it was bad. And that's how you could tell he was 100%. Yeah. Reggie's obviously not usually a defensive stalwart, but it was some Olay defense um mm-hmm. in this one efficiency not there he was two of four from deep but he was only two of eight um from two-point range just just looked like he needed the rest yeah um let's get into what we didn't like which this could be uh, an entire only segment for itself the world isn't falling for the clippers but man where do we start in this one? Do we start with the presence in the paint? Do we yeah let's start there because i think like the those 23 offensive boards for the spurs is mind-blowing i mean the spurs have essentially the number of field goal attempts they have is an extra quarter on top of what the clippers have an extra quarter of a basketball game yes how many shots did the spurs take i believe it was like 117 and the clippers took 88 you're not winning any basketball game where that happens 114 to 88 yeah yeah 114 to 88 um yeah it's offensive boards they had 67 total boards 75 if you look at stats.nba, which I don't know what that's about. Um, they're just, was this an effort thing? It had Zoo to have been. talked about it post-game. Like, it was just bad, man. It was just really bad. And this was one of those things, like, it was so hard to watch because it's not like you're watching a team get hot from three and, like, these kind of, you know, one of those crazy runs or swings can just kind of happen. This was a team walking into shots in the paint that it was comfortable with <laughs> yes. and, and hitting them. And of course they were going to hit them. And if they didn't hit them, they got a second look at the basket. <laughs> they very much did. They killed us in second chance points. 27 to 5? Yeah. Oh, man. DeJounte Murray killed us 24, 12, and 13. All five of the Spurs starters were in double digits. Some guy named Jock Landale killed us in this game. Um, big shout out to Jock Landale. <laughs> Excuse me, he was plus nine. He had eight, five, and one. I can't even, don't even want to go down to that. I mean, this goes in the other, there was just Ty Lue talked about in the postgame that the last two losses against the Jazz and OKC, the Clippers kind of showed some fight. Oh, absolutely. He said they didn't do that in this one. Uh, no. Could not agree more. There was no grit from the Clippers. No, and that's that's kind of like, so we talked about this a little bit in the last segment, but like, it's a little bit troubling, like with with this effort and and specifically some of the you know the grit and hustle issues that we didn't get to see Amir in this one, and that also we didn't get to see a little bit more Winslow. 
Look, I'm now firmly, if you've been listening to this podcast, the last like two episodes, I've kind of completely flipped my tune a bit on Winslow. Brandon Boston Jr. played 22 minutes in this game, and they were bad minutes. Um, he wasn't passing when he should have. He was not shooting well. He went 4 of 13 in 22 minutes. Some of that was garbage time stuff. But I mean, Winslow played 11 minutes and just understands, and I don't mean this, this is going to sound really mean, how to play professional basketball a lot better than Brandon Boston Jr. Oh yeah, Just for the sure. understanding of the game. It's just, and in a game like this, like and, I and guess like, it was already out of hand, but... What we uh. need, like what we needed in this one, I, I understand the idea of like the possibility of an offensive spark. That to me wasn't as big of an issue as like just the complete listlessness on on defense at times. Yes, exactly. There was no real effort, um, and that translates right when the Clippers are playing good defense, they're usually playing pretty good offense. One hundred percent. The offense was horrible. Twenty eight percent from three. Couldn't create a look to save their life. Post game, Ty talked about how there was a lot of one pass, one shot. Uh, no pass and then a shot. We didn't really connect on any of the good ones we de- like could carve out either. Like, yeah, that that was kind of a oof. disappointing thing. Uh, th- that just gets really demoralizing is that like even when they were good shots, they were they weren't really able to knock them down. Canard one of five, and I think at least three of them were pretty clean looks at the basket, which is tough. Yeah, he did only have eight field goal attempts overall, though. Ugh. Which in a game like this, I'm I'm not that big of a fan of, and and I think that. That's pretty uh, indicative of what Tyloo was saying. Like the ball movement just like wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't overall there. And we talked a little. So we're, we're trying to put this one out of our brains. The Clippers are on a three-game losing streak, which we're going to talk about in the last segment of this episode. Is this a throwaway game, or is this a game that's indicative of larger problems that maybe should be focused on more by the coaching staff? I mean, the rebounding thing—they're like one of the worst rebounding teams in the league. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So you got to try to make. <laughs> up some ground there um overall though it it does feel to me a little bit like a throwaway game in that it was just kind of disengaged that third quarter happened where they only what made eight field goals or whatever six six field and then i think the the spurs made 13 yeah well at least they weren't like completely blown you up but (laughs) yeah 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 i i I feel like this is a bit of a throwaway one i'm not gonna dwell too much on this um, but I, I would be concerned if we're, this is the level of effort that we see against the Kings, then yeah. it's time, then it's time to be concerned. Yeah, that's fair. Um, coming up, we're gonna be answering your fantastic questions on Twitter Tuesday, but first we got to let you know one more time. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. I bet you didn't know why tr- free trials renew without your consent. Why? It's a business scam out to get you. Huh? Oh yeah. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money, download Truebill and take control of your subs. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want, need, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill, and your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. One more time, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. And now that you've saved that money, how could you potentially turn it into a couple more bucks? Well, if you're feeling lucky, you can check out Bet Online. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Look, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. 
So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's on top of your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on. Okay, we are answering your fantastic questions on Twitter Tuesday now. Thank you to everyone who sent these in. You can send these into at Locked On Clips on Monday if you want them answered on the show. If you just want to chop it up, just send them anytime else. Yeah. Um, and we will, we'll just talk about the Clippers. It'll be a great time. Um, we're also going to address one in the final segment. Um, it's more about the losing streak. Uh, Nick Profit asks, has Zoo made the jump you'd hope for this season? What improvements do you think he still needs to make in his career? Uh, that's an interesting question because I feel like... All things considered... I think he has. I think he has. I I think that they're kind of incremental jumps, and I think it's coming, always slow and steady with Zoo. You're not going to see Zoo randomly one day be the level of basketball player you think he should be, depending where you think he should be at. It's a slow burn with his development. Yeah, I agree, and I think that I might have been expecting sort of the wrong things for him, like averaging a double double. Um, which I don't think is completely unattainable. But yeah. defensively, I mean, he has made strides, and he's also made strides in like the type of coverage that he can provide defensively. For sure. Especially when he's he gets... He's on an island with CP3. I was going to say, especially <laughs> like the biggest thing to me is like when he gets mismatched on guards, I think that th this is the most capable he's looked this season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still like not an ideal situation, but he is able to handle himself a lot better. Um, so defensively, I think he's definitely make, making a jump. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. He's it's, it's hard to gauge because... The team's been so up and down. Rotations yeah. have looked weird. What makes me excited, you talked about the defense, and we talked about this a bit kind of on the last episode, building blocks, house money or whatever. Imagining Zoo's defense now with what it's going to look like when Kawhi and PG are both on the court with him, that's going to be a very difficult, you know, uh, two three five to go against and then you throw in morris in there that defense is going to be it's going to be a nice thing for the clippers like, yeah it's a good building block for sure and on the other end of the ball i mean he continues to be a great screener uh yeah, his, great passing his, out of the short roll his finishing looks a little improved to me yes incremental um, inc like incremental <laughs> absolutely yeah. uh so yeah I, I i think that he's made improvements i yeah I, I think he, I think he's pretty much at the jump I'd hoped for. Like if you taper your expectations to you know like zoo develop like to zoo development yes. speed, I would yeah I would agree with that. Um, shout out zoo, shout out Nick Prophet. Thank you for the question. Sean asks, is Luke Kennard in the race for most improved player at all? Seems like a totally different player this year compared to last. Okay, I feel like we've had to do this a couple times on this show. Most improved player usually putting up around twenty plus points. Handful of boards, handful of assists, plays heavy minutes. Is he the Clippers' most improved player? I would say yes. I, I think that's from fair, a team yeah. perspective. If we're doing like the Agua Caliente, you know, random awards that they made up last season and gave to players, I would give Luke Kennard the most improved player. And I'd also go. This goes hand in hand with Ty Lue. They've made Luke Kennard feel comfortable. He looks a lot more comfortable when he has the ball in his hands. They figured out how to use him. Is the other yes. thing too because like. Uh, Luke, like Luke is doing a lot of what Luke just does well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We're just seeing it actually featured and integrated into the offense in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I do think in, in terms of his improvement, um, his ability to stay on the floor by not being a complete defensive black hole liability yes. uh, it is, a, is a big improvement. So I don't think that he'll be in the national conversation for that, but I think 
yeah, like what you said, as as far as the Clippers go, um, he's got to be one of the most improved players on the roster. 100%. Um, C.D. Gill asked a question that a lot of people have been wondering about. What will it take to keep Hart beyond this year? Um, he has he actually asked three questions. We're going to start with this one. Then we'll get into his one about Bledsoe. I don't think we can re-sign Hartenstein. We could maybe throw the the mid-level exception at him, but that's like $6 million. Yeah, unless we can get below the tax, and then you can get to that like nine. I don't know if we can, though. That kind of nine level, but yeah, that seems really difficult too. And then Drunken Trent asked um, if the team can use the $8.3 million trade exemption we created by shipping Rondo out to Memphis, like if we could make that as an offer to a player on the open market, which Hartenstein would be, um, but I don't think you can use the trade. No, it has to be free a, agent a, money. Yeah, no, it has to be as as part of a trade, and that yeah. allows and you got to take the full amount back. Yeah, it. I mean, basically, you know, you can only take a certain percentage uh, above any player's salary, like yeah. extra salary back in a trade, right? Yeah. So in this, it allows you to go a little bit above the cap. Um, it, it gives you a little bit of room. But we couldn't do that with Hartenstein. Alas. No. no. Um, do you think he's outplayed six million bucks a year? Do you think he would be okay with uh, we'll give you six million this year and then work on the extension after? I don't think that he's gonna double down on his bet. He bet yeah. on himself for this year. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I. He just hasn't made a lot of money yet. You know what I mean? Definitely. So I feel like Sabrina it, Merchant had a great point that when on Twitter that when Reggie and Batum took their minimum contracts, they had already gotten substantial contracts in their career. I mean, Batum had already had like a near max deal. Yeah, he's literally still getting nine million a year. Yeah. <laughs> from Charlotte. So like, yeah, like he hasn't had the payday yet. He hasn't had the payday. Um, I you know, I don't know how they could really try to shuffle the the deck to try to keep him in. Um Yeah, I don't know. I, I think though one thing uh, is his availability and what what could end up happening. Like if this ankle thing becomes extended sure. or whatever, that could maybe you know change the the waters of free agency. But you know it still feels pretty far away. So yeah, let's just enjoy it while we have it. Let's um. enjoy it while we have it. And, let, and <laughs> like let's hope that they can figure a way to make a competent offer or I don't know, go above. Just just pay the tax, man. It's bomber's money. <laughs> yeah, who, who cares? Good shit. CD Gill also asked if Bledsoe can keep the three point percentage going. Um, so, so far from the season, actually, Eric Bledsoe is shooting the lowest percentage from three since 1718. And if it were to continue at this rate, it'd be the third worst of his career at 30%. But, um, last couple games, not counting, um, the Spurs game, he's shooting 40% on two and a half attempts per game, which I think obviously all of us will take, um, in the Spurs game, he went O of one. I don't think improving his three-point shot is necessarily something that we need. Like it's going to be around thirty percent. It's just either going to be around thirty or thirty-five percent. I think like, it. I think it'll be a little bit better. Like I think he can get to like the mid-thirties kind of a number. Um, but I, I not, think if, I don't think it'll be over thirty-five. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, like, I think that's fair. Uh, but I, I actually think for me the thing with Bledsoe is is the number of attempts, and I think two and a half or anywhere under three. Keep me at three. Like like three or under is is kind of the perfect number because it to yeah. me go over three. Yeah, because to me it indicates that he's probably not settling for shots, but he is taking the open ones like yes. when a defense is sagging off of him, uh, which is really 
Honestly, the only time you want him taking threes, like if yeah. that's the if that's the <laughs> wide open shot on the floor and there's not like a clear and obvious way to advance Huck the it ball, up there, buddy. Why you know why not shoot it, Eric? Um, CD Gill also wants to know: Can PG reestablish his shooting touch after some rest? Well, let's hope so, because the last ten games before the Spurs game, he was shooting twenty two percent from three. Yeah, um, that went up to thirty three percent in the Spurs game. Hey. So that's all we can hope for, and we need it. Yes, for we sure. De- we definitely need it. All right. Final question from Officer Everett. Uh, yet another zoo-related question. Yes, we all know zoo didn't start the season hot, but he heated up, and now he's been who he is. Why do you think there's still zoo slander? Just ungrateful fans who may be a bit newer in their fandom, meaning they weren't around during the darker years. I don't think we got to throw anyone's fandom under the bus. Yeah, look, <laughs> I, I, I think with zoo, you know, I mean... Sometimes with defensive centers, it's easy to to kind of unappreciate, like sure. to underappreciate when the guard gets their, beat, their contributions. The big is expected to somehow guard the the downhill point guard, stick to their guy, yeah, and then also be able to close out on maybe the open shooter when someone comes to help. So it's like the biggest dude on the court is gonna look the most exposed. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Because every time. It, it's like the thing of like when when it goes well, you almost don't notice it, right? Like the Dude, Clippers get a, absolutely get a stop, and then like when you know he's out on an island or something and getting blown by, or like you know he has to he has to overcommit to help, and then you know somebody gets an easy bucket, you know it's it's pretty easy to point the finger and be like, oh, what were you doing there, Zoo? Um, so I, I think that it's I think that it's just by nature of. I mean, the way the game is played and like the way that we enjoy the game is it, it has so much more of a focus on like the offensive flow um, yes. that understanding, you know, necessarily what's going on at an X and O's level on on defensive possessions mm-hmm. is a little bit harder to like appreciate. Yeah. And I'll, I mean, even for, I, me, I'm saying like, for myself, yeah. too, like, <laughs> like I, I mean, like I've been part of you I know, have to teach myself how to watch good low post defense when it comes to pick and roll stuff over these last couple of seasons for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and that's been one of those things that has been like, I mean, I'm not ashamed to admit it. There have been times where I like haven't been that happy with Sue. I don't like, you yeah. know, I haven't You been, hate the guy. <laughs> well, <I'm just> <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. Or like, you know, I've been kind of like dismayed at, you know, his development or certain aspects of his game. But um, look, one thing that you have to appreciate about Zoo though is like, he is a consistent player, and you know what you're going to get. One damn game, or like two games. He's always yeah. getting fouled too. The whistle for Zoo is brutal. Well, well, I just mean like not even appearances, but like on court. Like right. you know yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. going to get from Zoo yeah. essentially on the court, and I think that that's important for a starting five, especially in the for a Clippers team that's consistently in and out of people. Um, thank you for all your questions. We have one more to get to actually in shavings um, coming up. We're going to be talking just kind of the losing streak as well as Paul George's uh, new haircut because. We, we talk about the serious stuff here on Locked on Clips. But first, we got to give a shout out to Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of knowledge, the knowledge of Paul George's haircut, you know, what Zoo's pick and roll defense is like. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. With Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of Locked on Clippers and all the other fantastic Locked on Network podcasts. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that knowledge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G phone when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. 
Disclaimer, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers coverage not available ever or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Okay, so we're back with shavings. Oh, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. We got to start with uh, <laughs> the Clippers are back in a losing streak. Three after games. After a little winning streak. Officially a streak. Records feeling? in the West are a game of runs. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> uh, Eric Olds. Uh, guard uh, Oldsburg, sorry, had a great tweet about the Western Conference where he said, when everybody sucks, nobody sucks. It's true. <laughs> Which is very true. Uh, we had a tough loss versus the Jazz. We just ran into a buzzsaw with that one. Heartbreaking buzzer beater versus the Thunder. Could have won that game. Yeah. A couple times. Um, and then just kind of just not showing up versus the Spurs. Yeti Moose asked us, Twitter user, when you get down about the team, which is where he is at the moment, what keeps you going and engaged with the games other than the whole it's my job thing? Well, I'll tell you what, not our only job, spoiler alert. <laughs> it doesn't pay as well as it, I guess I think it might. Um, I think the thing to remember is that the Clippers are used to bouncing back. Yeah, I think they're used to bouncing back. I think that, I mean, there's still good things that are happening. 100%. I mean, like even tonight, like terrible game. Worst game the Clippers have played in a while. Felt a little gross. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was like it was unwatchable at points, <laughs> but you still got Paul George out there, yeah. you know. Um, and you never know what's gonna happen with Brandon Boston Jr. Sure, <laughs> I think. Well, go like Ty Lue's instilled a belief in this team that is reminiscent of the eighteen nineteen team, yeah, and stuff like that. Where usually this game aside <laughs> against the Spurs, there's some fight and there's a belief that we're gonna be able to pull it off. Um. And yeah, I never get like too down and out about yeah. this team. The important thing to remember too, like you've said a bunch on this podcast, house money year. Yeah, you you, you also do have to like kind of taper your expectations. And from, we're running into that wall right now of tapering expectations for some people. For sure. From, you know, like where we were at last year, um, you know, first Western Conference finals appearance. Like, of course, my favorite moment at Staples. No, <laughs> <laughs> I know that should have been my favorite moment at Staples. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like, this is going to be a different year. I, I don't know what else to say. This yeah. is going to be a different year. Um, and the West is goofy right now. We are the sixth seed. We're two and a half games out of fourth at 16 and 15. And we're above 500 with Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Nick Batum playing about five minutes total together for this season. If you were going to, if like you go back in time, whatever, and you're like, hey, next season, around 30 games in, Kawhi's not going to be there. Yeah. PG Mook and Mutum are only going to play five minutes together. Uh, and you're going to be over 500. Most of us would take that. I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And then you have an interesting question on here. Is Staples haunted? I don't know. The crypt seems haunted. Maybe the not a good start. Or I guess not a good intro, you know? Like, yeah. Maybe this. Maybe we do get the ghost of Staples off us. Um, Shake it off. I hate the name Crypto.com Arena. I cannot stress it's so funny. how bad of a name that is. It's so funny to me. Um, all right, moving on to more important stuff. Also, everyone, it's not the end of the world. Rough loss versus the Spurs. What are we going to do? You get yeah. back up. Yeah, I mean, we're still like, we're still out of the, we're still out of the play-in in the yeah. standings right now. Um, Nice little Christmas break coming up. Schedule is a goddamn nightmare after we play this, the Kings on Wednesday, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, now for the important stuff. Paul George has cut his braids. Sound the alarm. Will it help the team? 
<laughs> um, this is actually, there was a bet with Reggie to see who could keep it going the longest. Yeah. Um, Reggie wins. Classic. Come on. Classic Reggie. Um, his first game, uh, no braids, 25, six points, or excuse me, 25 points, six boards, six assists, three steals. How are we feeling? Day one, no braids era. I think you should get extensions just to go back to the <laughs> just a b really a b test it. Um, I think uh, <laughs> I think he should just go bald cap over the hair. See, just really you know, start from zero, build up from that. What's the rule on wigs in the NBA? We've discussed this before because we think that Zubots look. We, Zubots, we have not done tests on this, but we should. If Zubots had a long hair, he would get more foul calls. Yeah, you cannot tell me that that's not true. Get him a mullet wig, throw a headband on there because yeah. he's definitely headband with a mullet guy. Oh, got it. Yeah. Watch those free throw attempts get up in the eight nine range every game. There's these double double easy. Um, what is the rule on wig? Can you wear a wig in the NBA? <laughs> we need to we need to hire an intern <laughs> to to look these things to up. Look up uh, all the ridiculous things that we need to know. Oh, I typed in "Can you wear a wig in the NBA?" and the first uh, one that came up said. No, basically. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think you can wear wigs, which is brutal. I think there's a loophole. We could find one for Zoo. Um, uh, Paul George is also an NFT guy. He's one of the many NBA players who love those. The I think it's called like Bored Ape NFTs. It's like the monkey blowing a, a bubble of gum, or like the monkey with the metal helmet on. Okay. So that might offset any of the good stuff coming from the braids being cut off, is that he's an NFT guy. What NFT would you sell, Paul George, and how much would it cost? Um, if you're not familiar with NFTs, don't even bother looking it up. These last 90 seconds are not for you. Go about your life in bliss. Uh, Polly Bucks, and it would be <laughs> a dollar bill with him and Polly Shore high-fiving. Uh, <laughs> for That's a not a bad of, NFT! A of money. Uh... Yeah, so it's the Bored Ape Yacht Club. It's 10,000 unique NFTs. Yeah, I'm selling him an NFT of the painting Terrence Mann has of him <laughs> playing basketball with Kobe Bryant. And it will be six Ethereum, <laughs> which I believe is like $30,000. I don't know. Um, if you know anything about NFTs, please don't tweet us uh, tweet at us about what we got wrong. Yeah, no, no interest. Um, that about wraps it up. Just a reminder, I hope everyone's having a good holiday season. Let's be safe. Get boosted. You know, do your thing. Wash those hands. Wear those masks. Um, let's go into Wednesday's episode with some positivity. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Didn't get too down. Getting as, didn't get as down as we could have been. Yeah. Maybe as we were watching this game sometimes. I Everybody think it's five poly bucks. <laughs> everyone's five. Look, send us your address. We'll publish it on Twitter. We'll let everyone know where the poly bucks are going. Uh, Wednesday, dude, I want... I have 12 Ethereum... I want a poly book. Uh, Wednesday's episode, preview of Clippers versus Kings, assuming it's still going on. Yeah. A lot can change. What you say Wednesday, Paul, over on Locked On Clips. Make sure you check that out and vote. And then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland, Will, if you want to give someone the best gift of the season, where would you tell them they could listen to <laughs> Oh, podcast? my God. <laughs> uh, you can check us out over on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. Yep. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. We're on uh, Mistletoe Pods. Hey, don't Whoa. listen to it too close to your Whoa. family members. You be know? Care, be you careful know? with that one. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned up top, we do come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. 
We'd love to have your listen. We absolutely would. Got to give a shout out uh, to Nate. Nate's Motel gave us a five-star review over on uh, on iTunes. He said, this podcast belongs on the Pantheon with all other great podcasts. The chemistry and camaraderie between Will and Chuck is top tier, and the humor, humor can help you feel better after one of those Clipper losses. Terrifyingly accurate review. I could listen to them talk about Clips basketball forever. Do yourself a favor and check them out. Hey, Nate, thank you so much, buddy. Yeah. Those keep us going. Uh, we'll send you your poly bucks in the mail. Uh, I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. <laughs> and I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you. <laughs>